Welcome to Origin Gates Podcast. It's called Wisdom's Echo, and I'm Ray Hughes. I'm going to be sharing with you today. I'm going to start off with sharing with you uh, one of my writings out of uh, one of my books. It's actually a guided journal that I wrote some years ago. And uh, I think the title of it is 107 Things I Forgot to Say the Last Time I Talked About Worship, Creativity, and Music. And uh, I want to start it off with this little piece that is actually day 76, I guess. Uh, Sights, sounds, and symbols create significance and identity. You see, as Americans, we pay tribute to significance and acknowledge identity every time we sing our national anthem. And uh, you don't have to be from America for this to be a reality for you. Every nation has a national anthem. Every nation has a national dance, a national bird, a national flower. All of these sounds and images are created to help us celebrate our sense of national identity. We are known and recognized all over the earth by the sights, sounds, and symbols that mark us as Americans. Consider the skill and creativity that has gone into the American flag. Or the Liberty Bell. Or the Statue of Liberty. Look at the images that are depicted in the lyrics of our national anthem. Oh, say, can you see what's being said? I find it unique that we all have tendencies to say the little phrase. You see what I'm saying? Well, see, it's universally true. What we consistently celebrate and give language to creatively marks us and gives us our identity. Creativity is a celebration. What, when, where, and who do you celebrate? In what, when, and where, and in who do you find your identity? You know, I've often said that politicians don't shape culture. And they don't. Politicians don't shape culture. Politicians and governmental authority, what they do many times is they react or respond to certain dynamics that's going on in a culture. And they'll try to correct it if it's going off the rails. They'll create rules and regulations and restrictions and rails for humanity to run on, many times according to greed and and, uh, and all kinds of dark political things, yeah. But also many of them are really just serving the purposes of God and doing the very best they can at doing the very best they can in trying to serve humanity. So I want to be fair there. But politicians don't shape culture. Artists do. Songwriters do. Poets do. I think that's one of the reasons all those signs and symbols uh, and metaphor that's in Scripture is so powerful and valid and had such an impact over the generations. Is uh, because out of, I think it's 86,000, is it? Verses in the Word of God and some 30% of Scripture is poetry? Wow. Those symbols and, and uh, metaphor and all that carry this profound impact upon humanity from generation to generation. I mean, you know, a lot of teachers I hear today, uh, they will can teach you really interesting stuff 
about stuff. They can tell you important things about important things. I've always asked the Lord to help me to have, uh, like some of my heroes, like Charles Spurgeon and Finney and some of those great old men of God, they weren't just telling you stuff about stuff. Important things about important things, as valuable as they are. But they were speaking with forever words. And forever words carry a sense of eternity and purpose that's connected to God's desire and God's design for us as individuals, as well as our Christian culture, as well as our secular culture, if you want to try to separate those two out. I know that's been one of the great tasks of humanity, it seems, is to separate the sacred and the secular. But the fact still remains. The poets and the artists and the songwriters are the ones that shape culture. It's kind of a beautiful thing when you think about it. How do they have such access into our lives that they can shape our destinies and shape our futures? using metaphor and beauty and poetry. See, I tell songwriters, your job is to, to marry truth and beauty and awaken wonder. And in so doing, we give language and, and reveal God's heart, hopefully, in such a way that God can suspend and sustain those times of our worship joined to creativity gives that language that others will hear and others will sing and others will be awakened to the beauty of God because of that gift that's in you. You know, songwriting is not just about hearing a new sound and writing it. It's also about hearing old silences and allowing them to speak. For some of God's most honorable and attributes and greatest expressions of his grace and love, they have flown to the earth only to be taken captive by religious trends and silenced by time. Some of the deepest expressions of his nature have become redundant rhetoric, trapped in rhyme, and held hostage by superficial surface chatter and married to cultural relevance. Every time creativity occurs, God reveals another facet of his nature, his infinite nature, I might add. Yet churches all over the world have opted to sink everyone to the lowest common denominator creatively, and we call that unity. That's not unity. That is sameness. Why would they want sameness? Because sameness is safe. It's theologically safe, culturally safe, financially safe. Safe preaching and safe teaching. Safe atmospheres created by safe instruments played by safe musicians behind safe worship leaders singing safe lyrics of safe songs written by safe songwriters. Hmm. Then there are songs in heaven that have silently waited and still waiting for you. So write the side. Touch them awake, songwriters. Give them wings. And let's find out just how safe they are. Give voice to what has never been heard. 
Cast light on what has never been seen. Welcome a beauty that has never been known outside of Jasper walls. The worship songwriting is creating a language that invites seekers into deeper experiences with God. Worship songs, actually, they should be revealing unforeseen wonders and unapologetically pour them into the people's hearts. Ask for wave after wave of astounding revelations of God that simply must be sung. Rather than continually revisiting semi-familiar sounding melodies wrapped safely and stylishly in well-known images and common phrases with all these predictable lyrics, we've sterilized the truth to the point that there's no power to awaken anymore. See, prophetic song is uh, just like prophecy. It's not about telling you what to do. It's about awakening who you are. And if we re revisit the old without reconsidering and revealing something fresh and revelatory, on some level we deny creativity its truest voice. There's nothing new under the sun. Well, look above it then. Imaginators have the capacity to become revelators if we will but raise our eyes in song. So we dare not restrict ourselves to limited structures by writing these bridges of safe yet stimulating thoughts and singing them in, in the house of God. Bridges are typically built to ensure safe transitions to the other side of something. We need lyrics that are void of narrow, predictable pretense that just pacifies us with the obvious and leads us again to the mundane. The obvious restrains and, 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 and what it'll do, not only restrain, it will restrain you and detain. It detains us in these narrow, uh, away from the unknown, exhilarating breadth of the presence of God. He desires to break down the safe bridges that we've created, these that we've built out of acceptable tones and polite noise where we safely sing as we stroll from here to nowhere and sway to familiarity, oblivious to the heavy weight of wonder and unaware of the roaring waters of unlived life that's down below the bridge we were created to compose lyrics and language with truths powerful enough to destroy these man-made structures, the bridges that sustain us and suspend us above the rivers that we long for and yet disallow the heights that call us to become real to us. We were born to soar, you guys, and we were born to swim. Let some walk and linger safely above the water if they will. Let some do that, but not you. I challenge you songwriters that are listening, poets that are listening, writers that are listening, hear this. You were created to write the lilts that lift the spirit in flight and the lulls that bring soaring hearts to rest in the deepness of God. So you can stand on a well-placed stone where life is safe and dry, or you can live and lean over the rail and dream and hope and fly. 
or you can sing a ladder into the restless wind where awestruck voiceless angels find reason to descend. Your melody gives them wings and your tempo gives them time. Your lyric touches them awake. They feel what you call rhyme. They look at you in amazement and they stand in stillness and in awe that your song is the one that broke the silence inside the jasper walls. For 30 minutes it lingered, a sober and a holy hush. Then all that has breath in heaven began to swirl and churn and rush. The light of endless glory as far as the heart can see, where we fly at the speed of worship and soar over a crystal sea. So throw your safeness into that wind. God flies faster than you can fall. And let old silences speak again what you hear behind the jasper walls. God bless you today. I hope you find the beauty of the voice of the Lord speaking into your life today in such a way that it must be repeated. It just has, you have to repeat it, whether it be a song, a writing, a poem, or just a, a, a supercharged hallelujah spoken into the winds of adversity that might be coming against your life. I pray that you will be able to worship in spite of your weariness and praise much louder than your pain today. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful time with him today.